It's story time by our favorite English author, Annette Blyton. The Enchanted Wood, Chapter Thirteen. Moonface gets into trouble. The children didn't really feel that they wanted to go to any of the lands at the top of the faraway tree for a little while. It was a bit too exciting to climb through the clouds and see what was above them. But they did want to see their friends in the tree, especially dear old Moonface. So the very next time they had a day to themselves, they set off through the enchanted wood to the faraway tree. There was no rope to guide them this time. It was only at night that the rope was swung through the boughs to help the wood folk up and down. The children began to climb up. Every door and window in the tree seemed shut today, and not a soul was about. It was quite dull climbing up the tree, even when they reached Silky's house. That was shut too, and they couldn't hear Silky singing or anything. They knocked, but there was no answer. So on they went up to Moonface's, keeping a good lookout for Mother Washerlot's dirty water to come swishing down on them. But not even her water appeared that day. It all seemed very quiet and peaceful. They reached Moonface's house at the top of the tree and rapped at his door. Nobody opened, but inside they could quite well hear somebody crying. It was very mysterious. It doesn't sound like Moonface," said Fanny, puzzled. "Let's go in and see who it is." So they opened the door and went in, and it was Silky sitting in a corner crying bitterly. "Whatever's the matter?" cried Joe. "And where's old Moonface?" asked Fanny. "Oh dear!" sobbed Silky. "Moonface has been thrown up into some dreadfully queer land at the top of the faraway tree because he was rude to Mister What's Its Name down below." "What? That old man who's always sitting in a chair and snoring?" said Bessie, remembering that they hadn't seen him that day. "Whatever did Moonface do?" Oh, he was very naughty," wept Silky. "So was I. You see, we heard Mister What's-its-name snoring as usual, and we crept up to him and we saw that his mouth was wide open. And oh dear, we popped a handful of acorns into it, and when he woke up, he spluttered and popped, and then he caught sight of us hiding behind a branch." Goodness! Did you really dare to do such a naughty thing? cried Bessie. No wonder he was angry. Moonface is dreadfully bad sometimes," said Silky, wiping her eyes. "He makes me naughty too. Well, we ran away up the tree to Moonface's house. I got in safely, but Moonface didn't, and Mister What's-its-name caught hold of him and threw him right through the hole in the clouds into the land that is there today." Good gracious! Well, can't he get back? said Fanny in alarm. He can climb down the ladder, surely, back into the tree. Yes, he could," said Silky. "But you see, Mister What's-his-name is sitting on the ladder, ready to catch him, spank him, and throw him back. So what's the use of that? What land is up there today?" asked Joe. "The land of the old saucepan man," said Silky. "He lives there in his cottage with his pots and pans, and is quite harmless. But you see, Mister What's-his-name will sit on the ladder till the land swings round and another one comes. Then Moonface won't be able to get back, and he may be lost forever." 
"Oh dear," said Joe in dismay, and the girls stared at Silky in despair, for they were very fond of Old Moonface now. Isn't there anything we can do? Asked Joe at last. Well, there's just one hope," said Silky, fluffing out her lovely golden hair. The old saucepan man is a great friend of Mister Watson's name. If he knew his land was at the top of the faraway tree today, he might come along and have a cup of tea with Mister Watson's name, and then Moonface could slip down the ladder back here. Oh," said the children, and looked at one another. They could quite well see that this meant one or all of them going up that ladder again and getting into another queer land. "I'll go," said Bessie. After all, Moonface helped us last time. We must help him now. We'll all three go," said Joe. So they set off up the most topmost branch to the little ladder. There they found Mr. Watson's name sitting, reading his newspaper and smoking an enormous pipe that sent clouds of smoke out of the hole in the clouds. Please, can we pass? Asked Bessie timidly. No, you can't," said Mr. Watson's name rudely. "Well, we've got to," said Joe. "So if we tread on your feet, you must excuse us." Mr. Watson's name simply wouldn't move. He really was a very cross old man. He slapped each of the children as they squeezed past him, and they were very glad that when they had climbed through the hole and were in the land above. So this is the land of the saucepan man," said Fanny, when they were standing on the grass safely. What? A funny little land. It was. It was an island floating in what seemed a sea of white. It really wasn't much bigger than a large field. Bessie went to the edge and looked over. Gracious, she said in alarm. It's like a cliff, and the sea is a big white cloud. Don't go too near the edge, anybody. It wouldn't be nice to fall off. Hi, hi! Suddenly yelled an excited voice. They turned round and saw Moonface waving to them, run and running hard towards them. Hi! How did you get here? Hello! We came to see what we could do for you," said Joe. We heard what had happened. Old Mister Watson's name is sitting on the ladder still. Waiting for you, but Silky says this is the land of the saucepan man, who is a great friend of Mister Watson's name. So we've come to see him and ask him if he'll go and have tea with his friend. Then you can slip down safely and go home. Oh, good," said Moonface joyfully. I didn't know what land this was, and goodness me, I was quite afraid of falling off it. It's so small. Where do you suppose the old saucepan man lives? I can't imagine," said Joe, looking round. All he could see was a very large stretch of grass with no house and nobody at all in sight. Where in the world could the saucepan man live? We'll have to go carefully all round this funny little land," said Bessie. "His house must be somewhere, but we'd better hurry, for you never know when the land will swing away from the faraway tree, and we don't want to live in this queer little place forever." They began to walk round the land. Presently, they came to a cliff that was. Not quite so steep as the others, they peered over it. Joe pointed to some things stuck in the cliff. Whatever are those? He said. 
They look like some sort of steps down the cliffside, said Bessie. They're saucepans, said Fanny suddenly. Yes, saucepans with their handles stuck firmly into the cliff, and the pan part to tread on. How queer! Well, this must be the way down to the saucepan man's house," said Joe, excited. "Come on, be careful, girls, or you may fall and roll right over the edge of this land." So very carefully they began to climb down the cliff, treading on the saucepans stuck into the earth. It really was rather funny. They got down at last, and then they heard a very curious noise indeed. It was a sound of crashings and bangings and clatterings and clangings. The children were quite alarmed. The noise is coming from just round the corner," said Joe. They crept very cautiously to the corner and peeped round. There they saw a crooked little house with a saucepan for a chimney. The noise came from inside the house. The children crept to the window and looked in, and inside they saw the strangest little man they had ever seen dancing the strangest dance. He had saucepans and kettles hung all over him. He wore a saucepan for a hat, and he crashed two saucepans together as he danced. Do you think he's dangerous? Said Joe in a whisper. End of chapter. Thank、you